Hey, it's me, Kate. I am so glad that you are tuning in. Your story is nothing to be ashamed about. It is part of you. I have noticed over the years that women that share their story have found so much healing and they have noticed that it's also inspired other women to do the same. It is just chapters of your life to remind you that you are so courageous. You are so fearless. One of the biggest things that humans crave the most in this world is connection. And here at New You Women, we have created a community of women that have come together and shared their stories and valuable tools to help them not only be successful in their life, but in their business as well. So I encourage you to unplug from the world and plug in to this amazing episode as we give you some amazing tools to take away and hear some of the women's stories. Kate, thank you so much for listening to New You Women. I'm here with Liz Hardy, um, and I'm so excited about doing this episode with her. Here in New You Women, you are going to hear some valuable tools, some beautiful encouragement, and know that you're not alone here, where we dive deep into some vulnerability to help encourage you and help you grow and heal from anything that you're dealing with through your journey. So Liz, I want to get to know you a little bit and hear a little bit of your story. Hey, how are you? I'm super excited to be here and honored. Um, as a new woman um, representative, because this this is uh, to share my story uh, and to see kind of where I've been and where I've uh, God has taken me is is it brings me joy. It gets me um, it gets me excited and I get butterflies in my stomach. But it also reminds me, um, you know, being vulnerable with other people. People celebrate, will clap for you whenever you have a success, but they're yeah. going to relate to you whenever you share your heart and your soul and your vulnerability, right? That's when I'm going to come alongside. But my story is, um, to me, uh, it's a little, it's a little chaotic. It's been a series of surrenders, but I come from, um, a mother that was mentally ill and alcoholic household, divorced parents early on. Um, in my, in my teens, I, um, I just sought escape through drugs and alcohol at a very early age. I lost my um, my innocence very young um, and it kind of made some really horrible decisions, uh, intoxicated as, a, as mm. a youth that had for years haunted me into adulthood um, and really stayed stuck in that hate and the resentment towards my mother for um, her alcoholism, her mental illness, and just felt super confused for a very, very long time numbing out with alcohol and drugs and sex and all the things to try to um, escape from myself and ended up in a very, very dark place in my early 20s, lost, homeless, no money, no family, nowhere to go. Um, And kind of a shell of a person and a soul that was really, really dark. And God took that um, that darkness and turned it into an amazing success story of his grace and his mercy. And so yeah. um, that is my my mission in life is to share, to come along other women wherever they're at in their journey and to kind of share what God can do when it seems impossible. Wow. Um, when you would, when you, when you were sharing about your mother right now and as a kid, do you remember some of those memories? Like, do you actually still remember some of those memories of what you felt or saw? Yeah, absolutely. So it was very, 
as, as a kid, it was very confusing because um, she struggled with like depression and mental illness and, and, um, and there was times of sobriety, right? So it wasn't all her drinking. It didn't matter if she was drinking or not. When, when you're suffering with mental illness, you yeah. take, take naps a lot. I remember being a kid and my dad was at work and um, I'd be at home and I'd be lonely, like so lonely. I remember going to the neighbor's house mm-hmm. uh, because I wanted somebody to pay attention to me. She was an 80 year old lady next door to me who was taking care of her husband who had Alzheimer and mother who had dementia. And mm-hmm. I was so lonely. I was like, Hey, let's have tea. I like, then I hung out with my other neighbor on the other side. She was a 40 year old divorcee with two dogs. She'd watch like sleepless in Seattle. And I'd be, I'd <laughs> I love them hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I was this little girl that like from my mom's, you know, her suffering, mm-hmm. um, I sought to be seen and like somebody pay attention. And so mm-hmm. that was the, what I took it as, is I didn't want to be overbearing or too much. Um, and I wanted to connect with others. And eventually, um, me seeking that connection caused, uh, a lot of heartache, but the, the scene at home was not pleasant. It wasn't pleasant and took years of kind of unlearning some of, um, what did your dad think of all this? Like, what, I mean, was your, does your dad, like, what was he yeah, in all this? So, I mean, he was no saint of his own. He's definitely not alcoholic and didn't have mental illness, but he was mm-hmm. um, off building a, a million dollar company, um, a commercial construction company in Dallas, very successful, um, lots of trips, lots of hunting, lots of, he wasn't really there for you either. Clients. Yeah. So he, as much as he wanted to be emotionally could not quite be there. So when they divorced, I, mm-hmm. I actually lived with my father and I knew he loved me beyond a shadow of a doubt, but it, his, he couldn't quite be there all the time because he was working a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, we both went through the trauma of my mom calling late at night, you know, in a mental, you know, manic breakdown, trying to get a hold of us. We'd have to unplug the phone. You know, it was very, we were both really, um, we bonded over that trauma. Um, and so it took a long time for me to realize that my, it wasn't just all my mother, right? Like I, my mom got a bad rap because of her issues, mm-hmm. but there was, you know, there's two people in a marriage and there's mm-hmm. other things that my father did that, you know, caused pain in their relationship. And I guess as I got older, um, kind of separating from that trauma story and the victimhood yeah. um, that it caused, I, I was a victim, but then at some point in life, I had to make a decision to stop blaming that situation mm-hmm. yeah. for, for my terrible behavior. You know, yeah. what was it? What was some of the things that you went through because of that trauma that you noticed now you look back that right. came fr- from that? Well, I mean, me seeking outside of myself to try to find comfort and connection. The first time I remember, um, you know, I got, or got really uh, intoxicated. I was just a child, basically 14, mm-hmm. 15 years old. And then that was the first time I, I wow. lost my virginity. Okay. So that was my you know, break into that. And there was times when I was younger and I was intoxicated and, you know, I had sex and I ended up getting Mm -hmm. pregnant and I had an abortion and that haunted me for years. Me Mm -hmm. sitting Mm -hmm. um, on the table, holding this nurse's hands and me crying. I remember it like it was yesterday and feeling like I had no one to turn to and nobody so I, of course, buried myself in, in the pain for a very, very long time. And um, it, it did shape my reality for years to come. Wow. So what was that turning point for you? How old were you when you decided that you just like, I got to get my life together here? 
Well, it's funny. I mean, I was 16 years old when I had had the abortion and that was kind of a turning point in my life where I realized like my dad walking into, you know, the bedroom and after finding out the news through a family friend, because I told my best friend's mom, because I wouldn't tell him, um, he found out that way. He came in and said, what happened to my little girl? And Mm -hmm. I just remember what happened to your little girl? I don't know. I started seeking outside things. That's what happened. And so he said, um, we got some help. He said uh, he found a place that he was going to send me to, to kind of, you know, recalibrate because at the rate I was going, I was going to kill myself, you know, no doubt with this behavior. So that was a turning point in my life is at 16, I went to an all girls treatment facility in Marietta, Oklahoma. And, and part of that, you know, that experience was not you know, um, didn't change everything, but at least it kept me from killing myself as a teenager, you know? So that was one of the first turning points, um, in my life, but I would say the most impactful one was after many, many times of, of trying to get sober and then staying sober and then going back out and trying to navigate being a teenager sober. Like I hadn't even hit my 21st birthday. Oh, wow. When you, when you sobered up, it was before 21. Yeah, I was 16 years old and had stayed sober. I was um, like 1998 for three years, went to college, had the college experience. um, Mm -hmm. And eventually I ended up, you know, using drinking again. And, um, and this time it was different because Mm -hmm. I, uh, I viewed God a lot like I viewed my father, which was that God would love me if I was a good little girl. And if Mm -hmm. I was a sober little girl. And if I, you know, did all the things, checked all the boxes, went to school, you know, kept up with that, you know, my apartment and a social life and a sorority, I was, you know, pledge class president yeah, and all those things. And I realized that my love, like God's love for me, I was based on my activity and the turning point that changed my life forever was mm-hmm. 24. I realized for the first time I was lost. I was on drugs. I was, you know, um, had spent, you know, all my money, on bad things, living in, you know, living in darkness. And in that moment, it was one night in summer, uh, and God came into a car. That sounds so strange. God came, mm-hmm. presence came into the car with me and a friend who had been living way, way, way off. Um, and she hesitated to even say these words, but she said it, she said, have you ever asked Jesus into your, into your heart? Wow. And for some reason I heard it in the darkness. I realized that this verse came true for me, that he who knew no sin became sin. I knew that, that God came in a car where I was filthy rags and had nothing to offer and wasn't Mm -hmm. a good little girl. And I was so far away. It wasn't even funny. Mm -hmm. He came in that car to save me that night. And from that point on his love in that moment, over time, things started to shift for me. And I realized like there was something more out there um, than what I'd been doing a true that in the car where you're at true spiritual moment for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is a beautiful turning point. So, you know, Liz, I look at you and everyone looks at you as a very resilient, bright, shining, fun person. So, you know, I, I listening to all this and what you've been through, um, some will really, really relate to this. And some will be like, wow, what a story. Right. And some will be like, um, thank you so much for this. And some were like, I, I'm, I relate to you, but I've never been through that. What is something that helped you now? Right. Cause you've been through, like gone through, you know, the alcohol, the drugs, the, the, the mom, the dad, the feeling of alone, and you've seen things, you've heard things, you've gone through things emotionally. What is it then? What is it that's helped you become so resilient 
and say, and give you the confidence to say like, I'm Liz Hardy and look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I can do this. And I have the confidence. Right. Not so, feel I mean, the pain still from the past. Right. Um, I think it was important that I'd not um, dismiss the things that I had gone through. I had to take a look at them. I had to heal. And sometimes that process of transformation, what God does in our lives and in our hearts is painful. Like think about the transformation of a butterfly, a caterpillar to a butterfly. Like that's a painful thing for the caterpillar to, you know, experience and go through and me becoming a, a butterfly and and the masterpiece God intended me to be uh, has really been about taking a look at what's happened and then putting that in God's hands and letting him, mm-hmm. letting me be a piece of clay and letting him mold me into whatever he wants me to be. Instead of me telling him what I want, I ask him today, what do you want me to be? And so that's what gives me the confidence today is every day I wake up, I ask God, what's our assignment? What do you have for me today? Instead of it being a life based on me and what I want, which is you know, I was running, you know, my whole life for Mm -hmm. years. And we saw where that got me. It got me alone. It got me in pain. It got me separated. It got me, you know, basically throwing my life down the drain. So today it's like, I feel like God's my employer, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just showing up. um, I'm in this game and here to pack into the stream of life, whatever he has called me to do and whatever doesn't fit. I know I have faith that he'll remove it. So when you wake up with that, it's a God confidence. It's not in Mm -hmm. me. I know what I do with my life, but God has given me this platform to kind of step forward and say, you know, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how far gone you feel that God leaves the 99 for the one he'll come back for you. And so Mm -hmm. that's my message. I get to share that daily. That's where my confidence comes from, because it's not based on me. It's based on what God can do through me if I surrender. Wow. That's beautiful. And what, you know, we, what is something that, you know, it's interesting because I'm, as I'm listening to you, like someone's thinking about this and hearing you and they're like, but I still feel it. Right. And I even actually had this experience the other day, you know, and it's about being self-aware, right. A lot of the healing, you know, from trauma is Mm self-awareness, right. It's first admitting um, like what's happened. It's admitting how you feel, but then being aware of what you still feel right there's moments that i'll be like oh my heart is like just starting to hurt right and that's a that could be like a little trigger of my heart saying hello you know i'm still here i still need to be cared for you know like and that just shows me a moment of saying okay i'm not done healing yet yeah yeah how to keep going in that so you know when you get those moments of feeling that way it could be like something that maybe in your life that you feel that it was way in the past that all of a sudden was brought. What, what is like, how do you feel in that moment? Like, what do you do? You know, how, how do you re- react to that when you get that kind of trigger or that, that moment of hurt again? Right. Well, I, um, I've actually since lost both my parents when my mother passed away from cancer years ago and my dad of a heart attack about five years ago. Mm. So the pain of, of losing them, um, I had to grow up a lot. The first time when my mom passed away, she was the first one to go. Uh, I did not emotionally handle that well. And so Mm -hmm. a good barometer of that is, you know, I ended up kind of tanking my life again. And then my, my dad passed away five years ago and um, I got to to experience loss and go through pain and hardship Mm -hmm. with a different perspective this time. I learned a lot from the first time. And then, so with my father, even though it was painful, um, I didn't throw Mm -hmm. my whole life away. And so I guess whenever I'm in the middle of something that is, is being brought up again, like a wave of grief comes mm-hmm. to me again. I'm a lot more gracious with myself and loving mm-hmm. with myself than I used to be. But when you've gone through, you know, um, 
something tough and you resist it, you know, I feel like it delays the process of healing. But whenever you go through something hard and you, you lean in and you surrender, I give it mm -hmm. to God. I, I feel like I'm able to heal and, and put it in perspective. And yeah. so it's not that I'm denying its existence. It's just not as a big of a, you know, it's not hyper, I'm not hyper focused on it. Right. Um, so one way to get out of that is if I'm in it is to accept that it's happening, to share mm -hmm. it with another human being and to pray about it. I love to do like a brain dump whenever I'm going through those things, writing out everything and not not judging what what's coming to mind or to heart, just writing it all out, surrendering that to God, asking God to use that um, for his will and to help me to keep moving forward. Uh, do you journal a lot? I do, do more so today than I ever have in my life. I resisted mm -hmm. that for years, but it actually is one of the most beneficial ways I stay connected to God and to myself. Yes. Yeah. I feel the same way. That's been something that's, that's been something even as a child, when, you know, someone that has kind of dealt with different things and trauma and different sad parts of my life. Um, I write, I used to go to my room and write and almost like, just like talk to, is like talking to a friend. Yes. You know, it's helped a lot when I didn't really know how to express um, what I was feeling or going through. Um, you know, but you know, one of, one of my particular key of ingredients, um, you know, through healing of trauma, that's helped me a lot um, is forgiveness. Oh, yeah. I think that I've been so blessed with that one, you know, attribute, and I'm thankful for it because it's a beautiful key to that ingredients of healing. Um, forgiveness is though is a very painful experience, you know, because you feel like you have to surrender um, the your justice of, of wanting to get back at maybe someone you love, someone that you don't know that's hurt you, what, a stranger that's hurt you, whatever it is, like you feel like unjustified. So it's surrendering saying, I don't have the right to, to pay back. You know, that's not my, that's not my job. My, that's not my responsibility. But when you do finally realize that it's not your responsibility, it's a huge, you know, relief and a big heaviness off of your, your life and your shoulders to allow yourself to heal. Right. And I, I always encourage, right, people that every single day is your job is to heal. Your job is to forgive. It is not your job to get back and to find justice in the matter um, has been my my biggest um, takeaway from healing. I love it. I, you know, I love to focus on that. God changes hearts. I don't have yeah. that ability, right? He's the one who's in charge of that. Um, I need to show up and, and but one way that's been really powerful, a way um, we talk about women's empowerment a lot with new women. Yeah. Um, something that empowered me greatly with when I was offended in relationships that hurt me deeply, whether that's, you know, big or small is looking at where was I wrong and not in a self-defacing or shameful way, but sometimes in order to see um, how we showed up and how we're responsible for the part that we played in a relationship and what we could do in the future to do better. I think these are all highly important things instead of it just being, if I wait around for other people to change and to do better before I'm happy or decide to go forward in life, I'm gonna be waiting for a very, very long time. But if I take responsibility for how I showed up in that relationship, or maybe the only thing, maybe I truly am a victim, but the only thing I've done is kept and held on to the offense, which is an offense, that's what I'm responsible for. You know, as long as I take that, you know, hard look at myself to see what I could have done different. I think that's the key component to 
real lasting forgiveness yeah. is, is mm-hmm. you know, taking a look at yourself and seeing where you could show up differently. Yeah. I'm going to ask you one more question and this is how real, real, yeah, I'm going to grab my charger real quick because my phone, my laptop's about to die. That is literally like how we're in the moment, but think on this, think on this, this subject, real this, this question real quick. I want you to come up and think of a, a beautiful, valuable tool that has helped you, um, grow through your your healing your your trauma the things that you've been through that someone's listening to right now that's like in the moment if you were looking at somebody right now in the moment that has dealt with alcohol that has dealt with maybe abortion that has dealt with a mom or a dad that does not love them or even just a stranger that maybe has hurt them whatever it be maybe a partner maybe abuse however it is you're looking them in the face um you know what would you say to them how would you give them some a, a couple of key tools to help them get through that and not feel alone. Sure. Um, do you want me to wait until you get back? No, go for it. <laughs> Are you saying go for it? Oh, okay, cool. Well, I would just um, basically just encourage you to, uh, there. there is a place for outside help. Therapy was a big part of my healing. Um, staying stuck and talking about it over and over and over again was like not gonna be uh, what was gonna work for me. I had to get into some solution as quickly as possible, but also allow myself the grace to be in pain. Um, Surrounding yourself with people who can support you, you know, during the big changes in your life, Mm -hmm. being honest about where you're at. You know, I think a lot of the times we stay stuck in pain and situations and kind of hangups and addictions and because we're lying, we're lying to others, we're lying to ourselves. We can't be completely honest about where we're at. And whenever we isolate ourselves from others and keep secrets, we stay sick. Right. So I would encourage you to be honest with at least one other person who, who you can trust about whatever it is that's going on in your life and, and to kind of empower yourself. The secrets um, are what holds you back, but the honesty is going to break you for free to freedom. So to be honest with others, to seek outside help when needed. Um, and then, you know, I guess for me, honestly, I don't have anything what, you know, wisdom wise to offer other than seek God with your whole heart, with your whole mind and with your whole soul. When you do that, everything else falls into place. The healing that you need comes. Yeah. This the wisdom that you need comes. The courage that you need comes to face each new day. So whatever that looks like, um, I know it's so easy to get distracted in this world and to kind of put mm-hmm. placement, you know, your focus on things that truly don't matter. Yeah. Um, but what matters most is seeking God with every fiber of your being, because you won't ever, he won't ever let you down. That's where contentment lies. So that would be my biggest takeaways on how to face the things that are, you're going through recently. That's so beautiful. You know, we asked the question over and over, why does, why does pain become so like transforming? You know, why does, you know, brokenness, you know, feel like it, it's hurting us, you know? And I've looked at it and I am at the point now where I feel that pain is only just the beginning of growth. (laughs) You know, it's opening the door to growth and that brokenness is just the beginning of a new strength. Yeah. So it's like encouraging somebody to just plug into that personal development, that mindset, that community um, is such a beautiful, you know, thing to, to experience. So, you know, I, I love this list. Thank you so much. You know, I mean, I want to hear more and more. We're going to have you come back and just really kind of dive into a little bit more of your story. Cause I'm, I bet you there's a lot of people that will listen to be like, 
like, you know, wow, like what was that feeling at that moment in that present time, you know, and just really dive into how you felt um, through some of your deeper, you know, emotional things that you've gone through. But, you know, I want to just encourage everyone that's listening right now, stay plugged in because this journey that you're going through, you're not alone in it. You have this beautiful community here of women that would love to support you where you're going to find that love and support and even some different amazing ways to heal and train and be trained in that. Um, and I want to also honor you because if you've, you've listened to this whole thing and it just shows that you are looking for that healing, you are looking for that growth and you are diving into yourself, you know, personal development. Um, so I want to just honor you um, in that. So thank you, Liz, so much for everything and your time. Um, and everybody will see you again soon. Bye, y'all.